Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. I mean, stop singer. Toss on up the first in time to get seven. Three run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king when the Mariners needed him the most. Two hits over seven. Scoreless innings. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. At Mariners Pod on Twitter. At Gary Hill Jr., if you want to follow me on Twitter. Off day yesterday for the Mariners. They get back to work tonight, taking on the Washington Nationals. This tough road trip starts. We're going to break down the series against the Nationals coming up in a few minutes. And some really good stuff coming your way. Aaron Goldsmith sat down with Tommy Allison, and he gives some details on Yermo Heredia and how he ended up a Seattle Mariner. It's really fascinating to hear all the details as they go in-depth. It's, it's really good stuff, so that comes up in a few minutes. Aaron also talked. There weren't many smiles over the weekend against the White Sox, but Derek Holland provided, <laughs> provided some smiles. He talks about Nelson Cruz. You're going to hear what... A Nelson Cruz home run called by Harry Carey would sound like via Derek Holland. And funny enough, the day after he gives us that impression, Nelson Cruz actually hit a home run against Derek Holland. So that comes up in a few minutes as well. But this is going to be a tough trip. So the Mariners take on the Nationals for three. They take on the Red Sox for three over the weekend. And then at the Rockies for two before returning home to take on the Rockies the 31st and then into June. Now, the great thing about June is the Mariners are home a ton. So the schedule turns back a little bit. Uh, only one road trip in the month of June uh, besides the very last day of the month. Uh, other than that, at home the entire month. So if the Mariners can stay within shouting distance, get healthy. We'll see what happens in June. And this is going to be a key road trip for that. So they take on the Nationals for three, and we'll break that one down. We'll talk about the Red Sox coming up uh, as we get closer to this weekend. Nationals are playing some great baseball. They have the second-best record in the National League at 26-17. and The Rockies are the only ones with a better record in the NL, 29-17, and and the Mariners happen to see them on this trip as well. The pitching matchups look like this in the three-game series. Nationals are going to call up Joe Ross to start the first game tonight. Ross struggled to start the year. He spent uh, some time in the minors, a handful of starts in the minors, and he's back. Christian Bergman will take the ball for the Mariners in game one. 4:05 first pitch this afternoon. Bergman was outstanding his last time out. In game two Wednesday, a 4:05 first pitch, Sam Gavilio, who pitched five scoreless in his Major League starting debut last time out, will go against Tanner Roark, who was 3-2 with a 4.73 ERA. And then Thursday, day baseball, 105 first pitch, Ariel Miranda will get the ball, and Gio Gonzalez will go for Washington, 3-1 with a 2.86 ERA. So in terms of luck of the draw, Pretty good. Mariners will miss Scherzer. He's sporting a 3.02 ERA and nine starts so far this year, including 76 punch outs and 59 and two thirds innings. 
They're also going to miss Strasburg in nine starts, 3-2-8 ERA. He's got 59 punch outs in 60 and a third innings. So they will miss both of them. Ross, who gets the ball tonight in three starts so far this year, a 7-4-7 ERA. And apparently the he just didn't have the same kind of stuff as last year, not the same kind of movement that he featured last year. Had a nice season last year with Washington, 19 starts at 3-4-3 ERA, including 93 strikeouts in 105 innings. Has not found the same success so far this season, but has returned to the big leagues, and uh, Mariners will see him tonight. Now, what's really driven the Nationals so far this year is they have absolutely crushed the baseball offensively. The rotation is very good, especially at the top. They have struggled in the back end of the bullpen. Already five different pitchers with saves so far this season. It's been very unsettled throughout the course of the season. It could be Sean Kelly in a safe situation. He's got three. It could be Cody Glover in a safe situation. It's just really been unsettled back there for the most part this season. But not unsettled has been the offense this year for the Nationals. Up and down the lineup, they have had a tremendous season so far. They are the top run-scoring team in the National League, 246 runs scored this year, the second most. Well, the Rockies, of course, 233 scored this year along with the Brewers, but that is a ton of runs. They've swatted their share of home runs, 65 this year. That's second most in the NL behind just the Brewers. They draw a ton of walks. They're third in the National League and walks drawn as a team batting a healthy 274 this year. That is first in the NL. On base percentage, 346. That's second behind just the Dodgers. I mean, you get the picture. Up and down this lineup, they've been awesome. Uh, Bryce Harper has been incredible this year, an MVP candidate in the NL for sure, batting 349 this year with a 458 on base percentage. He has swatted 13 homers. He's driven in 37. He's drawn 30 walks. And he's also racked up 10 doubles as well. Some teams just are not messing with him at all. Trey Turner is not boasting huge numbers so far this year. Spent some time on the disabled list, but he's very dangerous and very speedy. He's already swiped nine bags this year. When you think about best second baseman in baseball, I feel like Daniel Murphy doesn't always leap in your mind as one of those guys, but he probably should. He's having another outstanding year. 327 batting average so far this year. Nine homers, 12 doubles, 33 RBIs, a 387 on base percentage. Coming off a year last year, his first in a Nationals uniform. He was an all-star. 47 doubles, which led the league, and an on-base percentage of 390. 25 homers, 104 ribbies. Two-time all-star. He finished second in MVP voting last year for the Nationals. Matt Wieters having a nice year, his first year. And a Nationals uniform, hitting 283 with four home runs. And probably the biggest surprise in baseball, Ryan Zimmerman, who has been unbelievable, hitting 362 with a 406 on base percentage, 13 homers, 16 doubles, 38 RBIs. It's been really remarkable. First of all, he's been able to stay healthy, which has been an issue the last handful of years. And secondly, he has been massively productive. Last year, about a 218 
with 15 home runs. He's nearly matched his home run total from last year already. He's closing in on his RBI total from last year already, just too shy from his double total from last year. He's an interesting case because when you examine what he's doing, he's actually hitting the ball not that much harder when you look at exit velocity. Uh, velocity. It's very close to what he was doing last year. The difference, the launch angle is drastically different. He's hitting the ball in the air a lot more, and it is paying dividends big time. And it's really interesting. In recent days, he's been able to stay healthy this year as opposed to last year, and he gives credit to Robinson Cano. Just watching Robinson Cano, it's kind of ironic that we're talking about this now because Cano – just spent some time in the DL. He'll be active for the game tonight. But you look through Cano's career, and, you know, it's 158, 159, 160, 161, 162 games played. It's always been in that range. And Zimmerman kind of credits watching how Cano goes about it with uh, some of his resurgence in terms of staying on the field this year. So a little tie-in as Cano gets activated tonight on being in uniform. And that will be – a very welcome sight for the Mariners as they will welcome Robinson Cano back. Mike Zanino is back in uniform as well. A couple other guys getting closer as the Mariners try and get healthy. And won't that be a good sight? Expect to see Nelson Cruz in the outfield during this series as well to get his bat in the lineup. And for the first time in a while, it looks like we're going to see Cruz, Cano, Seeger, and Segura in the same lineup. It's only happened 17 times in the starting lineup so far this year. So looks like we'll get to see it starting tonight against the Nationals. Game one of a three-game series. It's going to be a tough one. I'm anxious, though, to see what happens in this series. So right now, we're going to hear from Aaron Goldsmith, who caught up with Derek Holland, who talked about playing in Spokane and being teammates with Nelson Cruz. Your professional career actually began in Spokane, in the state of Washington, back in 2007. The Spokane Indians, the Rangers' short season affiliate, known for packing that ballpark each and every night. What are your memories of your first pro season in Washington? Uh, Spokane was, I mean, beautiful. What a beautiful ballpark. Good, good place to start your, your pro career. Uh, I got the luxury of having my mom's, uh, one of her best friends growing up. Uh, is my host mom and I thought that was outstanding and hopefully uh, tomorrow she's actually going to come up and, and see me pitch and what I think is cool about it is she's been a part of my career you know she was there from day one uh, in Spokane but you know being around Spokane fans was it was fun I mean it's Washington the beautiful weather beautiful views I mean this is a it's a very nice place uh, all the way throughout the state and you know I was happy when I got to, to be in Spokane met a lot of great people and then to come here and play against, you know, the Mariners throughout, uh, during my career, a lot of the Spokane families would uh, would uh, would come up here and interact with us because obviously our farm system yeah. being there. And, you know, it was just cool to see those faces and, and reunite again. Now that you're with the White Sox, it got me thinking back to just those tremendous years that you and the Texas Rangers had. You were really a part of the rebirth of that Texas farm system and then, of course, in the major leagues as well. And if you go back to that 2011 World Series, Derek, Eight and a third scoreless innings in game four against St. Louis. You were all of, what, 24 years old? What is it like for you to think back on Derek Holland as a 24-year-old pitching in front of over 50,000 inside of Globe Life Park in the World Series? Uh, it was just such a great experience. You know, the Rangers did a great job of making me who I am today and uh, letting me get to get all that experience. I mean, the huge, huge thing was going to the World Series back-to-back -back years and, you know, being on teams that we didn't – that 
not we, but the, the fans weren't expecting much. And then here we are, you know, we, we rose up and it's kind of like the same thing here with Chicago now. You know, people aren't expecting to do that much with us. And I feel like we have a very strong ball club. It's just a matter of how click we're going to click. We got to get everybody going on all cylinders. And But those those memories, I mean, you guys got one of my favorite teammates on your side with Nelson Cruz. I mean, those, those memories stand out. And playing with a great guy like him is something that I'm never going to forget. I mean, he was one of my favorite teammates, still is. I mean, even though we're against each other, we still have a little fun when we see each other on the on the other side. But there was, a, there was a lot of great things that we accomplished in Texas. And if it wasn't for my teammates, none of that stuff would have been possible. I mean, it was it was tough. I'm glad you brought up Nelly. He is, to a man, he is beloved by every guy he's almost ever played with, at least as far as we can tell. What is it about Nelson Cruz? I mean, just watch how he is. He's got a lot of energy, brings a lot to the table, obviously, with the boomstick. Uh, I know that was a Texas thing. You guys copied us. Uh, no, but, I mean, he's he's just one of those guys you got to have on your clubhouse. He's got a lot of energy. He brings the positive vibe. He works his butt off. Uh, he cares about the game. He cares about his teammates. You are the king of impressions, Derek. How would Harry Carey call a Nelson Cruz home run? Well, it's Nelson Cruz taking on Derek Holland. They've been battling for years at a time. They've been teammates and everything. Nelson Cruz steps up to the box, and here comes a fastball, and go! God, it's out of here! Nelson Cruz with the boomstick. That one's bye-bye baseball. Nelson Cruz with the home run. Goodbye, ball. Goodbye. Derek, it's sad that you're gone. We don't get to do this enough now, but it's so good to see you. Thank you so much for the time, and Harry Carey spot on as always. Oh, thank you guys for you know having me on and everything. And like I said, it's uh, you know I hope to see some good things with Seattle uh, going forward and. I appreciate the time, and uh, I'm sure you're going to see me again. Okay, it's really funny because the day before <laughs> he gives that impression, here's what happened the day after. Swing, hammered high, a blast out to left center field. This is gone into the bullpen. Absolutely crushed by Nelson Cruz. Nelly goes deep for the 11th time this year. The Mariners are on the board here in the 7th. 8-1 to one White Sox. So there it was, Nelson Cruz going yard. Also in that White Sox series, Heredia winning a ball game for the Mariners on Thursday, walking it off with a base hit. Aaron Goldsmith caught up with Tommy Allison, vice president for the Mariners, vice president scouting for the M's, who gives some great detail on Heredia in, uh, specifically, but also in general. It just gives you an idea of the process and all that goes into getting a player to the major leagues. This is fascinating stuff. Here it is. Tommy game one of the series against the White Sox and who else but Guillermo Heredia who has had just a blistering hot start to 2017. The walk-off base hit, the first walk-off hit of his young career. There aren't enough people who know enough about Guillermo Heredia, where he came from, what his story is. We certainly know what he is doing this year for the Mariners. What was the first time you can remember the Mariners putting eyes on Guillermo Heredia? Well, again, I will tell you, it's wonderful to see last night what a wonderful young man and developed into a great player and to see that smile, which is infectious. Obviously, that's one of the first things that you always notice when you watch Guillermo Heredia play is his love of the game. So tremendous moment for him last night and obviously a great win for us. But I will tell you, our 
Mariner's information goes back to 2013. That's when we first saw Guillermo when he was playing for the U.S. I'm sorry, when he played at the for the WBC Cuban team. And our scouts, Tim Kistner and Greg Hunter, were in Japan, and they got to lay eyes on him for the first time. And it was like, wow, this guy can really play defense. He's got a real compact uh, swing, and he's very active and just does a lot of really small, tangible things that helps your club win. You think about the Cuban players who have come to the States and have made huge splashes, not only in terms of their production, but in their salaries. You compare him to the guys like Cespedes and Puig and Moncada, and well, there's no doubt that Guillermo Heredia is one of the most unheralded Cuban players in baseball right now, and yet he's making such an impact. Where does it go from the time that you see him playing the WBC to the time that you actually sit down with him, and now he signs a contract to become a Seattle Mariner? Well, it's a wonderful story and, and one that does take a few years from 2013 fast forward to, uh, I believe in October of 2015 is when Guillermo was cleared by Major League Baseball and certainly the United States uh, to enter into this country and be declared a free agent. Once that step happens, then we go in and there are workouts that are held by his representatives and that was in the November of 2015. Uh, Jerry, uh, myself, and Joe Bollinger, we went down to a workout for Guillermo put on by his advisors and got the chance to watch him work out, swing the bat. Again, hadn't played in games for a couple of years. A little bit rusty, but an opportunity to sit down with him afterwards, uh, have a little lunch, communicate, talk to him about what the Mariners, who we are, and then kind of let the negotiations play out from there. Fast forward, we don't come to an agreement in that winter, but in the January of 2016, right now, Guillermo doesn't have anywhere to go for spring training. And as you see, he's kind of a lunch pail player. He's very blue collar. He's going to do everything to help the club win. He's very selfless. And that kind of helped transpire within the negotiations. We have a young man in our organization, Yoel Monzon, who is actually our pitching coach in the Arizona Rookie League. And Yoel played with Guillermo's father in Cuba. And that helped us to fill in the blanks to what kind of player we see with our eyes through the scouts outside what this player can do, but who is he all about? Well, uh, Yoel Monzon could help fill in those blanks tremendously and told us about the character of the uh, kid, what his father was all about, the baseball family that he came from, and that gave us a whole lot more comfort in you know, approaching his advisors and his agent with a package that would then bring him aboard, and we signed him there right in the middle of spring training in 2016. Because even though he signed late, there must have been at least one other suitor, right, if not multiple other suitors for his services? No, no question. And again, it speaks to our process and our organization. We were able to tell him about what we were able to do, the opportunities we knew that we had. And I know that there were many clubs that wanted him to come aboard. And I know that our actual financial package wasn't the greatest uh, that he was being offered, but it was what we did, the people that he trusted with his career, that he chose the Mariners. And obviously, we're very excited about that. So as you mentioned, 
he basically had two full seasons without actively playing in organized baseball. What are your first memories of seeing him in a Mariners uniform that spring training? Uh, it's a great question, and one of the things when he first signed, he's cleared to play medically. We've got all the paperwork taken care of. We just put him right out onto the field and said, baseball players play baseball, and he went out to center field. Sure enough, there goes a throw from the catcher to the second baseman, and I remember it specifically that the ball went beyond the second baseman, and there was Guillermo. He was already backing up, and it just showed you the instinct for the game that he has, and obviously he was a little bit further behind with the bat it took him a little bit of time to get his feet underneath him but a tip of the cap to all of our developmental um, coaches that we had Brent Brown Mike Micucci these guys worked with him tremendously through spring training getting back into his foundation and then we sent him out to double a and there of course where he had Roy Howe and Darren Brown and you think about the impact that he helped with that championship team last year and he just got a few at-bats under his belt and like most guys that are true baseball players and have the passion the work ethic and desire that he has all of those skills they didn't go away they just needed to get the uh, rust off a little bit he performed very very well early on we brought him to uh, Tacoma uh, wasn't there long before we needed to bring him to the big leagues had that impact for us down the stretch last year and obviously now even blossomed into more of a impact major league player. Tommy, you've mentioned a lot of names in terms of executives, front office, coaches, rovers in the minor leagues that have helped to kind of mold and put their fingerprints over Heredia and his young career. Can you, can you put a I mean, how many people are involved in taking this young man from two years of not playing baseball to signing and now doing what he did in game one of the series against the White Sox? This is the life that you lead doing all this behind the scenes work. And for everyone else, we have no idea. Well, it's honestly such a great team effort and one that I appreciate the opportunity to recognize all of those people that touched him because it does. It takes a village. And one of the things that Jerry, our ownership, we continue to um, talk about throughout is all of the ways that we touch players in acquisitions and development. And that's not only those that see them with their eyes from the scouting department, but those that develop them. You have all of your strength and conditioning, your trainers, your team doctors, your video guys that are in each level that show the video. You have so much uh, of an opportunity for each and every one of them to just put a little finger uh, on, hey, this guy is going to do this and these are the reasons why. Uh, our analytic team that is in the office, you know, as they break down data and they kept going, man, there's a guy who's not striking out, he's getting on base and he's playing wonderful defense. So there are so many different layers and so many people that help mold a career that goes on beyond behind the scenes and an opportunity to recognize some of those. When they see that ball go over the second baseman's head, we win a baseball game, you bet, because the guys in they're cheering for him just as loud in Jackson and Tacoma, uh, the Rovers that happen to be in Arizona, to the farm director Andy McKay and all of his staff that might be here in Seattle, to those scouts that saw him across the world. So it is a really special moment to go out, ac uh, acquire the player, bring him in, watch him develop, and then get to see him fulfill not only his childhood dreams, but to see it impact your organization in such a positive way. Tommy, you give us insight that nobody else can. We really appreciate the time. This is a busy time of year for you, so we appreciate you carving out a few minutes. Oh, always my pleasure, so thank you.
Everybody yelling. Matt Young ready to serve the payoff pitch to Reggie. And here it is. It's a curve swing and a miss. It's over. Reggie Jackson fans three times and young Matthew Young has just pitched a gem as he goes all the way for his first major league complete game and shuts out the hard-hitting California Angels on four hits by a score of one to nothing. My, oh, my. See you later.